Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that has taken a week away but is back, back, back with a bit of a vengeance. My name is Tosin and I am the host. I am based up in a town called Bromsgrove, somewhere near Birmingham in the Midlands, in the very wet Midlands. And joining me on the hopefully a bit less wet Isle of Wight, as always, is Sharon Bolin. Hello there, and it's not that much less wet. <laughs> it's not that much less wet. And Sean Harris. Oh yeah. So how, how underwater are we? We're sinking. I think someone has pulled <laughs> the plug out in the middle of the island and we're slowly we're, sinking. We're bogged. I thought I was, you know, like sometimes you walk across, the, there's a place called Church Lytton, which is near Rate yes. Rather than walk miles round, I thought I'd cut across the grass. Big yeah. mistake. Big <laughs> mistake. <laughs> I, yeah. I did that I last have, week. I should have I stayed on the path. <laughs> you know, Frodo? Yeah, <laughs> I did <laughs> I made the foolish mistake of um, going down, being given a lift down the town. And I said, oh, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll get the bus back. It'll be fine. And then I missed the bus. So I had to walk home on with my great big boot on. Yeah. It was a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. And I thought, I can't be bothered to walk around there. I did the same thing. I walked across Church Lynn with this cast on my foot. I stayed upright, but I was uh, walking along and thinking, yeah. this is not a good idea. Yeah, once, you, once you've started, do you think it's not <laughs> worth turning go. back? Yeah. You've got to keep going. Yeah, we actually have a, we have a little bit of a, um, of a sort of like, well, I was about to say a grassy knoll <laughs> outside, outside, <laughs> outside our front door. So it's kind of like you walk through, and then you have a little bit of pavement, and they have some grass, then you have the car. And you so you should just sort of go across the thing. And the last couple of days, I've been like, nope, I'm walking around, and I'm going to find, <laughs> going to find some pavement or find some stairs to get down to the yeah. car because it's just not worth it. It's just not worth the. There's something about wet socks, wet muddy socks that's just oh, so soul destroying. Yeah. It just it just sort of like sucks everything out of you. All right, cool. So um, we have. Oh, we obviously what we do on this show. Oh, it might not be obvious for you. This might be the first time you're listening to us. But what we do on this show is we go to the cinema every week. We watch things, maybe about three films. Rate them out of five. We go we stay at home and we watch things as well. Rate them out of five. We collect everything together and we see where our money has been better spent this week. Hence Netflix versus cinema. Now this week, a big, amazing, massive thing happened. I sent you guys a text on. What is, on Tuesday night, and all it said in caps is, I'm in a cinema. I'm in a cinema. I made it. I made it. There was nothing to stop me. I made it to the cinema this week, and I managed to see the Iron Claw, which, by my estimation, it might, it might have, I don't think this has anything to do with the fact that I haven't been to the cinema in about two months. The best film of this year so far. I think the best <laughs> film. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. But I saw the Iron Claw. What did you guys see in cinema this week? Okay, well, we, Sharon and myself, we went to see uh, Wicked Little Letters uh, preview screening, which was okay. Uh, which we, we quite like those preview. Well, we prefer the the mystery ones. The mystery screenings tend to be a better. You get a well, you yeah. get a mystery film, and it's often one that you would think well, I probably wouldn't have gone to see this, but it was. They're normally a corkers, apart from yeah. one, maybe one. Yeah, and well, um, there, there was one that you walked out of, Sharon, wasn't there? Yes, I left on one. It was a horror, and I didn't like it. So, I thought, oh, was, no, was, that, the, was that the the nun two or something? No, that was the talk um, to me. Talk, talk to, me. to me. Oh, that was it. Yes, yes. Sharon walked out. Talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no. Yeah, I could tell when I looked at Sharon. I said, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, not not up my street. This one, which is fair enough. 
Okay, cool. But so, so we saw, so we, uh, we saw, you guys saw Wicked okay. Little Letters. That's a bit difficult to say. Yeah. Wicked, <laughs> Wicked Little Letters. And, uh, and uh, what else? Well, I saw uh, Madam Web. I saw Madam Web. Madam Web, yes. Yeah, Madam Web. <laughs> and like you, I went, well, I think it was last week, you went to see the, the Iron Claw. The Iron Claw, yes. That was at so, cinema. Yes, yeah, that was at cinema. Yeah, uh, oh, good Lord. Sure. There's a bit of me that's waiting to hear what you think about Madam Webb because <laughs> 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 it goes like I'm not gonna lie that that's a film that's a film it's one of those Sony superhero movies that I I'm was, shopping I'm shopping uh, my clothes let's just up put it this way I was warned by many many people <laughs> well, not many people but a couple of people the ones I said I asked, I asked one one of our friendly Johns our happy John. Yeah, happy and joy, goes, yeah. Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, there you go. Okay, now, I'll tell you... I was going to say, I'll tell you why you go and see it. You go see that because there is a hope. There is a hope of a Sean rant. Of yeah, a yeah. Sean... <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> of a classic Sean rant. Which... Well, okay, so, and at home. What have we seen at home? Do you want to go, Sharon, or you can go... No, because I've been chatting too much, so... I've well, at cinema... I saw Wicked Little Letters with Sean, and I also went to see One Love, and the Bob oh, Myers oh, film, yeah, yeah. which we'll be reviewing that next time because I know Holly Ooh. has seen it, and yep. it's possible that some other chaps might have seen it by then as well. So um, that's for next time. But yeah, I saw the two films at the cinema this week, um, and at home I haven't seen a lot. As you know, I broke a bone in my foot about my big yes. toe. Yes. And um, because I have to sit with my foot elevated, I just can't be bothered to sort of. Stop sit with one leg in the air watching the telly so i have watched very little but i did get to see a film it's a flemish film on netflix called will 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 yes and for, yeah. for, for me on streaming because i had a i had a bit of a a bed day the weekend so i had yeah. a lot, i had a lot of time so and i watched so much stuff i can't remember half of it but i did watch um i did binge watch the pacific which I had never really watched. I've seen a couple of bits of it, but I'd never watched it all the way through. So, and I, I'll probably if I review that, I'll explain why. But mm-hmm. um, uh, so yeah, I binge watched that. Um, I saw another one. We're gonna we're gonna put back uh, Flower, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, Killers um, of the Flower Moon, which which surprisingly we n- neither none of us have seen yet. None of us un- seen un- it, until well. this point. Yeah, until this point. Yeah, I know we had to wait, didn't we? Really, I mean. I think it was the timings when it came to the island. And I think it was, and it seemed to come and go. It just sort of seemed to yeah, come, and then it went again. Bizarre. No. Um, so yeah, and um, yeah, I watched a lot, of, quite a lot of other stuff as streaming, streaming bits and bobs. You know, like video nasty documentaries, and I watched some old movies, fail safe. Oh yeah, and I watched The Return of the Seven, which, uh, <laughs> which, which. There's some films you should revisit. And there's some films you shouldn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but Sean, if you're ill, if you're ill at home, that sounds like a good comfort watch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like uh, Warren comfort Oates watch. is in it, so um, I really like a couple of bits in it. So yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So we have that, and I and I have finally seen something that we haven't spoken about in all these years: Watchmen. The TV show Watchmen. Where, wow. Yeah, I, I yeah I finally saw that because uh, essentially Sky or Now TV they have this whole thing where they'll put a show on and then they'll take it off. Like shows disappear off Sky just with no warning, they just disappear. 
and then I uh, think they're, they're still on there if you want if you're willing to pay a little bit more and rent it to watch but mm. it, but you know, I'm like you're already paying quite a bit to stream this stuff and no yeah. no I'm not. and then I noticed that uh, so I was actually watching Mr. And Mrs. Smith which I'm halfway through I was watching Mr. And Mrs. Smith and then I was like hang on a second Watchmen Watchmen's back and everybody raved about Watchmen when it came on. So I was like, quick, watch it before they take it away. Yeah. So I saw, like, dropped watching everything else to finish watching Watchmen. And, it's, yeah, I got that. It's, it's funny because Amazon Prime have started doing stuff with limited ads. Limited ads. You know? Yes, so, yes, yes, they do. So, yeah. yeah, to be honest with you, I don't, I almost don't notice the ads. The no, ads, no. Yeah, they sort I, I of think, at the start, aren't they? And yeah, they have like two. They have two ads at the start that are probably about thirty seconds long in total. Oh, yeah. Both of them. Yeah. One of them is about Amazon, buy Amazon <laughs> stuff, and then the other one is about here's something else that you can watch on Amazon. Okay, now we're so sorry that we bothered you. Now carry on with what you want to watch, <laughs> and, and that's it. No more ads throughout the throughout the, the of what you're watching. Oh, well, that's horrible. Because I mean, I watched ITVX. Oh. And it was just in. Oh, they are the worst. Every 10 minutes, it was like three or four. And it was like the same three or four adverts. It was like yes. every 10 minutes. And yes. you can't fast forward them. You can't go away but, and come back again. It was were they aimed at you, Sharon? Were they no. No? no, they were just aimed <laughs> at you. <laughs> I just well, wondered if they perhaps like, do oh. that from the, from the artificial intelligence works out. They mm. they do that they do that but I think they do that more with their TV with their sky boxes and not so oh. much with the streaming so okay. not so much with the streaming I think the streaming that, and I have to admit I think ITVX when it comes to ads because that's how they make their money that's how ITV makes their money you can understand it but it really is annoying when you're watching a TV show I mean yeah, I just thought I can't be bothered with this after this I watched one thing on it I'm thinking you know what I'm not coming back. Yeah, because I, I I reckon that I reckon that ITV when it comes to ads ITVX is probably the worst. Followed by, I would say, Channel 4, and then by Sky. Because, weirdly enough, Sky, or at least on Now TV, when you're streaming on Sky, they do have ads, but they are they very quickly get you back to what you're watching. They're kind of like, we're going to stop it now, but it's going to be like, oh, 20 seconds, sorry, 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 get back to what you're watching, get back to what you're watching. <laughs> yeah, so I think Amazon are, Amazon's have, because when they, I know when they did the whole ad thing, I was like, okay, oh my God, okay, Amazon. Fine, you know, you, 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 you take a deep breath, you gird your loins, you press play, and then you're like, and then it's at the beginning, and then the, the show carries on as normal, and at the end, you're like, hang on. Oh, yeah, they were ads, weren't they? <laughs> so I think at the moment, I think there's probably going to be more to come from Amazon, but it's very, yeah, it is very limited. Uh, I think it's not that bad at the moment, but I think they're probably just trying to get us used to it, and the next thing you know, it's going to be like, you know, 60% ads and 40% what you actually want to watch. But let us carry on to what we actually watched this week, and let us yep. kick off in cinemas, and let us kick off with Wicked Little Letters. So, Sharon, we're going to tell us about what this is about. Yeah, this is based on a true life event in the early 1920s in a place called Littlehampton in the south coast of Britain, where um, a series of poison pen letters, as they were called at that time, were delivered to a seemingly respectable lady in the town. She's a church going spinster, lives with her father and a mother, um, part of a big family, but they've all moved away. Lives a quite an innocuous life, but she's suddenly been getting these really vile, you know, sort of extreme, explicit letters. And her neighbour is a loud, vulgar um, Irish woman <laughs> who lives with her daughter. She's a, she's um, reported to be a war widow. This is just after the First World War, and she lives with her partner, uh, who she's not married to. 
Um, so she is basically becoming the obvious target of like, well, it must be her. Who else would it be? It must be her. And so the story progresses where basically they, we look at this, what's ha- this sequence of events of, you know, these letters arriving um, and then, then this lady next door being arrested and sort of events un- unfolding as to whether did she write the letters or not. And there's a whole cast of characters, um, basically people who pop up and oh, have an opinion about whether she wrote the letters or whether she didn't. And it's this sort of this, this a clash of the titans, really, between these two characters played by um, Oliver Coleman, Olivia Coleman, sorry. And I'm trying to think what her name is, Jesse. Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley, that's it. They are the two, the sort of the clash of these two, these two titans. Um, over these these letters that have been bombarding the town. And it starts off with basically this one lady who gets them and then it quickly spreads and then they spread and that basically anyone and everyone basically have been starting to get these these vulgar, explicit letters. Yeah. So so question, I know that, that obviously that's the whole thing about it. Are they like vulgar for the time or are they just vulgar full stop? I think you'd say they were vulgar full stop, but at the time they would have been particularly shocking. Yeah. Because okay. we're quite used to nowadays people effing and jeffing all the time. Um, okay. But I think in those days it was a bit more um, unusual in the real events because it was a, it was a national scandal. The fact oh, that wow. these letters were not being, they didn't catch the person who did these letters. And the fact that this, this seemingly, um, you know, perfect woman, this sort of, sort of Sunday school teacher, spinster, church, a member of the church, upstanding member of the community, is being so um, targeted. bombarded, targeted by this. And that it became like a cause celeb really i was just thinking that i was reading something about people like footballers getting abused online with social media i'm thinking this could be kind of weirdly topical even though it said ages ago sean what did you think okay so yeah for me this was um i know i'm gonna trouble there's things i want to say but i don't want to sound prejudiced or racist or things like that but i mean we're talking little hampton which is probably the most edwardian town you could possibly get a quaint little thing and um, I don't miss any, but there's some characters that we say that there's a magistrate judge. Um, I don't know if you could have there. There's a magistrate judge that would just be so out of place. He just would not. He was played not by a black actor. Yeah, by black actor, actor, judge. Not, oh, I see what you mean. There's no way. There's no way in a hundred thousand years they would have in 1923. They're not the 1920s. Yeah. They're not going to have it. It just wouldn't happen. Then, uh, yeah. you know, I don't want that to sound like a. Yeah, I don't want to be pilloried and. No, we were talking about this, but sort of there's a whole other, there's colorblind casting, and yeah. then there's sort of like being period correct casting, and you can understand how people want to have representation, mm. but it, it felt like it was so consciously diverse that it became noticeable. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. Without, yeah. So I can understand why it was done because like there's a there's the police officer investigating it is played by an Asian lady, um, and the, the the thing about this this the, the police officer that she played. I mean, she was actually famous for being the first female police constable in Littlehampton. And um, she was a great big strapping woman from the town. So she was a, 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 a white English woman. Um, she wasn't a very petite Asian lady. Um, so it's some of these things you think, I can that, understand it. That's also okay. Play by, play by, yeah, I can see it like, played by Angela Vassan. I can see yeah. that the cast also has Lolia Defoque in it. and He was a postmistress. Uh, yeah, yeah, and okay, yeah, I see Malachi Kirby, Adam Treasure, I, I can see that. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one because I feel like well, okay, this is one of these things that I think colorblind casting has been going on on stage, and it works a lot yeah. better on stage than I think yeah. it does on film. And if you're doing something that is period set, but like uh, when they did like uh, uh, the yeah David Copperfield, I can't remember what the full title of it is, but like when they when they did David Copperfield or when they did that Mister Something's List. Um, Oh, Mr. Malcolm's List. Mr. Malcolm's List. And I think when you have those things, which are set in a time period, but are not like historical things, I think it works. I think you can get... I think yeah, it, it it's works. a work of fiction. It doesn't matter. Because you think this is a fictional world they've been set yeah. in. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. When, when it is... I mean, the yeah, no, Copperfield worked really, really well because yeah. it was so obvious that they were doing a colorblind class thing that after a while, you're just kind of like, yeah, it makes, it makes total sense that a Chinese man is the father of a, of a, <laughs> of a dual heritage woman who, is, who has a black mother and a white father, kind of thing. It, it makes total sense. <laughs> kind of like, and, um, but when it's something historical and you're trying to talk about historical events, it does not, I, I feel like it jars. I feel like all of a sudden you're kind of like this. This isn't. This isn't. This is taking me out of it. It's not. It's, I'm not getting it into the story. It's a bit like conspicuous. It. It's got the yeah, point yeah. where it's, it's, it's there's like only three police. Really. There were like four yeah. policemen in the police in the police station, and one of those was a, was a black officer. And then I, there was like a little urchin yeah. running around in the street, and he was played by a little Asian boy. You just think it was. It was like conspicuous. Yeah. And you think, I mean, yeah, I could it, understand it, it like maybe but South Ham, you know, Southampton, or Bristol, or somewhere Cardiff, in or anywhere like I that. Yeah. Think, uh, no, if, if, even at that, even at that time, I don't think you would have that. No, no. <laughs> no. I, I don't think you would have that, and I, I, I don't think you would have that. And I'm guessing that in this film, nobody mentions anything about it. Like nobody, no. nobody mentions the fact that. Oh, hang on a second. We've got an Indian woman as a constable. Like no, nobody mentions anything about that. So they mention so, the fact that she's a woman quite a lot, but they don't mention anything else. And you're yeah. thinking, why would you pick on that one aspect of her character when, when um, maybe there's yeah. other targets that you could? Yeah, it, it, I, I can understand that it doesn't it doesn't quite fit. But but, but that but being said, that, anyway, what do we think aside, about the film? That yeah. aside, that aside, um, yeah, for me, I thought it, I don't know, there was a bit too much of it. It went on a, for for me the actual words. I mean. I don't know if there was to try to be some shock value, but it just seemed to be that as the things went on, there was, a, you know, I mean, I don't mind swearing at all, but um, well, you thought that, but but for you, it got a bit much. No, not not really that much, but I just sort of thought it was a bit repetitive all the time, you know. Um, so it, I, I thought it was well acted. I thought it was well acted. They well, especially um, Olivia Coleman's dad was that. Who was, was that? Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. Yeah, I, I could imagine. I. I seem to remember my great granddad being a little bit that way with a, <laughs> with a tweedy suit and a, just being totally grumpy all the time. I think that's probably some hangover from the First World War and losing people and stuff. And um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I, but I thought the acting was 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 really good from from all the characters really. Um, but yeah, so you know. Um, okay, and how about you, Sharon? What did you think? I didn't like it. <laughs> okay so for, first of all i can imagine that because of you and because of you because of um you have you have certain things like you, you're not a big fan of the language and right. you're not a big fan of the language and i know that nipples in the films you think are unnecessary so <laughs> so um was it was it just the was it the language that you couldn't get past or was it something else it was part of the language and it's partly the attitude i personally had a bit of a hang up about um they really emphasised the fact that 
this woman was, this, was an upstanding Christian member of the society and her dad was this upstanding Christian man and they're part of the ladies' whist, Christian whist drive and they made quite a big point of that. And yet um, I did not see a positive representation of Christianity in any of it. I, I thought she was a hypocrite. Um, I'm not that is a bit of a spoiler, but um, the, one of the main characters who was portrayed as being like this, this upstanding Christian woman, complete hypocrite. Um, and her her father was a monster, a hypocrite. <laughs> he was homophobic as well. I mean, the fact that they, they didn't make any racial slurs in the whole film, but he was one of the guys who's saying, well, I'm not a Nancy boy, and they talk about queers and using expressions that are offensive. But they, they made a point of that, but it was the only people who used those slurs are the ones who are supposed to be these Christian upright people. Mm. And in the Christian group, they had basically the, the, the ones who were like the good eggs all swore. And so it's like they didn't, basically, it seems like yeah. it's like liberating to swear. Yeah. So you have like these the Christian ladies who like the good egg ones swore just as much as, and their, their language they used was like in the letters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the use of like this sort of sexual swear words. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. So they're either all hypocrites or they don't believe what they say, or they're the monsters, they're homophobic, they're... I, did, I was not, there was not a single positive representation of Christianity in it, and I personally find that a bit tiresome. So I'm thinking, yeah. it's like... I, I, it's, I, I, I have to agree with you, Sharon, on that point. In fact, I would say it was, um, thinking about it, with the just showing the repression, you know, it was just like... It, Anyway, yeah, no, so, and I mean... Yeah, he was, I, she was repressed by she had to yeah, the Bible, yeah. and they made a point of, like, she reads the Bible yeah. every day and, as if it's like... And, and I agree with Sharon that, you know, I mean, I'm not really someone to, to pick up on that normally or anything like that, but when we spoke about the film afterwards, I, I, I agree with Sharon all the way there. It did actually, you know, I did think it did actually show... Well, there was nothing positive, was there, about... So, so, so just, just a little first base. Uh, a little so, first base. Yeah, a little, a little first base, like, uh, like they, they don't, they, it's, it's kind of because it's kind of like, uh, it's, no, it's no, kind no. of like, yeah. it's, it's like, it's the stereotype you get, especially in movies and everything like that. That if you're going to have a Christian person, they're going to be hypocrite and they're going to be the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> it was exactly yeah. that. Yeah, it, it's, it's no an attempt to sort of do anything other than it was a complete a veneer. It was like a veneer, and they never yeah. showed a real Christian in it. All right. Something. Okay. If you're going to use this as an example, and I think the ladies in their Christian group, who some of them were like, you know, supposed to be these church-going, upstanding men, they were they were just as sweary as the others. I'm thinking, yeah. well, so they, so they're hypocrites as well, then basically. <laughs> and well, if yeah. they're going to use this language, why would these offensively worded letters be so offensive if they're going to swear like that anyway? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why yeah, would yeah. you receive a letter and be so outraged by the fact that it's Jeffin and Jeffin <laughs> in this letter? Then you go along and left in the Jeffin when you're talking to a place in a public place on a public omnibus surrounded by people and they don't even look at you when you start effing and Jeffin in 1923. <laughs> I just, yeah. like, to me, it was just like you, I didn't, I didn't like it. it yeah, oh, it, yeah it's, it sounds like it's missing some new ones, but we have to move on. How many stars yeah. would you yeah. give this? Two. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling between a two and a three. I'm struggling, I suppose. I mean, I, 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 I got to be honest. I really didn't enjoy the film. I didn't enjoy okay. the film. I mean, it was almost, it was almost like a suffrage to watch it. You know what I mean? It's not being the thing. So I think I'm probably, and I mean, this might be controversial with a lot of people. It probably may get a lot of flack on this, but I would agree with Sharon that I would only give this a two. All right. Okay. Cool. So two My stars. Saw it at the same day, and she loved it. She thought it was funny, hilarious, well played, interesting. Yeah. She loved it. She laughed all the way through it. 
And um, so people do. Uh, look, there are people out there who will like it. I'm mm-hmm. just not one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, cool. I feel like that is a much. If it sounds like we can have a much deeper philosophical discussion about I, this than I than think, the film, I think it'd be interesting <laughs> in policy. I've got a feeling Holly might enjoy this movie. Well, this is uh, this is this is being sold as like you know a little sort of like quaint little British comedy of manners, and I feel like with that there is there is some sort of like tropes that you drop into like the essentially in a film. Whenever anybody says Christian, you're like, oh my god, they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be the devil, and it's <laughs> and it's and it seems to be the way. But anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. So, so let's move on to um, to streaming stuff. And we're going to talk about Watchmen. Watchmen, which I saw on Now TV. As I said, this is something that I saw on Now TV because um, Watchmen, um, they released a TV show a while back and everybody raved about it. It's probably about six, seven years old now. And it's um, so, um, Now TV took it off and then it came back on and I was like, quick, quick, watch this. Because I've read the original Watchmen comic, which was written by Alan Moore, I believe in 1985. At least it's set in 1985, and it's set in this world. It's like an alternative history. It's an alternative history where Richard Nixon in the mid-'80s is still president of the United States. You have vigilantes running around everywhere, and they've running around since then. And it's since the um, – since essentially, it's kind of like the golden age of comics um, is reflected in this reality in that – in the it's sort of like in post World War Two, people started walking around with masks and everything and becoming vigilantes. And you start having superheroes. And you have all these people who keep doing it because they feel like you know they. Are, and it, it goes into the the comic goes into the sort of psyche of a person who would put on a mask, put on a costume, dress up as an animal, and walk around a town beating people up. <laughs> and it's and it it, it goes into the it says like you know people like Batman. Alan Moore has come on and said Batman would be a nutter, and so he has characters that are obviously supposed to be Batman but are nutter and they and like you know they're the most violent people and everything like that and when this show was announced when they announced they were going to make a tv series of watchmen uh, because Zack snyder made a film a couple of years back that some people hated because it wasn't it wasn't the comic some people thought it was actually a really good adaptation and everything like that and then this was announced and they said we're going to do a tv series of watchmen and people weren't sure what it was supposed to be and they they were being really coy exactly what it was supposed to be and having watched it i quite like what they did what they have done is that they have done pretty much a sequel not to the film that Zack Snyder made but to the comic so it's kind of like the comic ends in 1985 something happens in 1985 and now they've moved everything over to 2019 so in that world what happens if you get to 2019 what have the characters gotten up to and there's some things that they do with the characters that I think are really really interesting and they use the whole because I feel like the original, the original Watchmen in itself, it was used as a, it, it used this sort of weird idea that Nixon's still in the Nixon's still in the White House. What would that be? What kind of world would we be to look at certain things about heroism, about what we think about that? And this one, because it starts off in the 1921 massacre in Tulsa, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where there was an area that was called Black Wall Street. And it was because even in 1921, a lot of black people were, became, were beginning to become quite affluent in this area of Tulsa. And they had a place where they had buildings and everything like that. And they called it Black Wall Street because all these affluent black people had built a community there. As you can imagine, it's 1921. The Ku Klux Klan are unhappy and they went in there, killed a whole bunch of people and burnt that whole area to the ground. And that's how this whole show starts. Then it fast forwards all the way to 2019 and you have this whole thing where you have policemen and policemen are kind of like vigilantes because they have to wear masks to, to protect their identities because there was a thing called the White Knight where everybody went in and they just sort of like killed all the policemen and all that kind of stuff. And then this storyline starts developing that shows that it's still in this same world and we're going to try and figure out 
there's a group called the Seventh Calvary, which are pretty much kind of like the Ku Klux Klan reborn. And they are planning something, and there's a, there is a, you have um, Regina, Regina King. Uh, yeah, Re, yeah, Regina King plays a, she plays a character who is also, who's a vigilante, but also a police officer called Sister Knight. And she's doing the investigation, trying to figure out what's going on, because the chief of police gets killed, seemingly by the Seventh Cavalry. But then as she starts pulling the threads, there's this conspiracy that kind of starts coming out of it, and you start realizing what's going on. And, and I just think that the world that it builds is actually really, really well done. And even if you haven't read the comic, and even if you haven't watched the film, I think that this is just a very, very good detective story that follows through and says, what are we going to figure this, uh, how are we going to find this stuff out? I remember because it was made by the one of the guys who made Lost, Damon Lindelof, when it was first announced, I remember thinking, heck no. No, just no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I am not doing this. But he did a really good job. I think that the storyline is great. The way they've weaved in characters from the 80s version of Watchmen back into this and the way they, sh- some of them show up in ways that you wouldn't expect. You have Jeremy Irons, who for a large part seems to be in a totally different show. He seems to be in a totally different show where he's surrounded by all these people who look the same. He's surrounded by, he, he only ever interacts with people with, well, there's men and there's women, but all the men have the same face. All the women have the same face. And he treats them like absolute rubbish. <laughs> it's kind of like, the, like, what on earth is going on here? There's just so many bits where you're like, what on earth is going on here? And then the way he weaves it together and pulls it together, it is just really well done. It is really satisfying. The cast is excellent. I mean, Hong Chao, Regina King, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, the Don Johnson shows up as the chief of police in it. Lou, yeah, Lou Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr., who I haven't seen in anything for ages. He shows up as well as this guy who claims that he's hung somebody from a tree, even though he's in a wheelchair. You're like, how can you hang someone from a wheelchair? You're in a, how can you hang someone from a tree? You're in a wheelchair. But he keeps going, nope, I did it. It was definitely me. So, yeah, I... Yes. Is, is it... Is it like um, as violent as the as the movie? Is it like is there much in the way of violence? I mean, as in like with the Joker, uh, not the Joker, the comedian. The comedian, the comedian. There are violent scenes. I don't think it's as violent as the film. No, right. Okay. I don't. I don't think it's as violent as the film. I think this is this one is a lot more of a thinker. And I still think. I still think. Okay, so to go back to your whole Christian thing, right? I still think that I remember reading the the comic book of Watchmen. And there's a bit where they talk about Dr. Manhattan. And Dr. Manhattan is this character who is... He, there's an accident that happens. And he's, he's pretty much the only real superhero in the entire thing. He's the only one who actually has powers. Yeah, powers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's the only one who has powers. And I still think that the way that they, they explore, the way he experiences time, because he's outside of time, is the closest thing I had. I remember reading and going, oh my God, this, is, this must be what God actually sees. And because they keep talking about him as a god. They keep talking about him as a god. Like, he's so yeah. far above human things and everything like that. And, and, and the way they do it in the show, they sort of replicate the way he experiences time and the way they go, I think, is excellent. I loved the show. I thought it was brilliant. I think it deserved all the plaudits that it got when it was out. And I would give it a four out of five. And if and the way it ends, it ends in a way that it, it, it pulls off a very, 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 very difficult trick of ending in a way that it could be a teaser for a season two or come back and see what happened. But also, it could end right there and you would be totally happy. Wow. That's, yeah, so That's yeah. That's so, praise indeed. Oh, no, honestly, I, I was really impressed with this. I was really impressed with this. And I'd, but I just think the casting is brilliant. I mean, Regina King, I would watch her in anything. So let us go back to, oh, oh and Yaya Abdul-Mateen. He, is very, he has a tricky job to do in this and he does it very, very, very well. 
Um, and I won't say no more because that would just be a massive spoiler. Anyway, <laughs> let us go on to go back to cinema and let's talk about Madam Web. Yes, Madam Web. Yes. Sharpen let's your knives, about... people. It's Madam Web time. Let's talk, about, let's talk about Madam Web, shall we? Okay, yes. the superhero movie. Ugh. So basically, it starts off in the Amazon jungle. This pregnant explorer, she's looking for this spider that's supposed to have magical properties. Um, and she's been hunting it, and she's got like a bodyguard. Yeah. Anyway, she finds one of these spiders, and the bodyguard turns out to be a bit of a nefarious character, not very nice. He says, I want that, and shoots her. And then some people come out of the trees. Why they don't do anything with the, with the bad guy, I have no idea where they let him get away. But anyway, and then they get him. They say, oh, we can't save you, but if we give you a spider bite, we can save your... Just that's it. It takes place in like 1973, I think, and then we we can save you, but we can save your unborn child. Yeah, we can save your unborn child. So save your unborn <laughs> child, and then I don't know how in the darkest Peruvian she suddenly turns up in the foster system in. in, in <laughs> anyway, and she she's so, so there you go in. She's a paramedic. She 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 doesn't know about these things yet until, but oh, the person says the p people that save her say. Oh, we're going to let her go. She does. She won't know. But then, when she does know, she want to come and and find us anyway. And then he switches to the baddie, and he has he keeps having these nightmares about these three young girls that are going to murder him and all that. So he's he's got a he's got a he's going to kill him. So he goes on, and he's got like Spider Man type of powers. And it just so happens that he's got this super boffin woman that can get into the NSA. Thing and all the traffic lights and all that sort of stuff, usual, usual, usual sort of thing. Sure, sure. Um, I can, I can feel you losing interest as we speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so anyway, it just, it just so happens that the all the all these characters, the three girls and her, they turn up together, and she she has these visions of what's going to happen. So yes, half sort of protects them, and then she becomes like a protector for them. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, and then she just turns up at just the right time every time to save these people from this guy who's super powerful one minute and then like probably not. <laughs> there are so many plot holes in this movie. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, stay with my best mate. Um, you girls stay with my best mate. I'm going to go to Peru. I'm going to find out all this stuff. So, but I mean, it's just like lands in a little plane, like a drug dealer thing. So this thing, I mean, I know a lot of people would say it saying. So if you go to Peru, you find these people, they tell you all about what you got, and then you, you get back just in the nick of time to save these other girls from... from, And it's like, you didn't even go to get a visa on that. It must have been, what, two days? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> two, two days from Boston to fly down to Peru, sort, sort out the people, and then get back again. It's like, yeah? Well, how, how the, how the, you, you've got to have some sort of... Well, I understand powers, but I don't know how you could get the... <laughs> Peru back again in like okay. hours. Spot. Okay, okay. Sean, let me put it this way. Even for you, even for you, <laughs> if if the film has done a job so that you get to a point where you're worrying about the visa issues of getting from America to Peru, <laughs> you, even for you, I think I, th I think it's fair to say the film has done a bad job <laughs> where, where totally, that's, what totally. you're, that's what you're thinking about. Well, that's what you come away with. It's like, wow. <laughs> Where, where that's a... visa controls in Peru. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, wait a second, no, that would never happen. Got border patrols, surely. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like to, to, to do it that fast. You know, I mean, wouldn't okay. imagine she'd even Supersonic have a Supersonic spider, by the sounds of it. 
<laughs> okay, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that um there wasn't much else to say in the rest of the film because that's which is why you came here with visa issues. <laughs> there's a, there's a few few action well there's quite a few actiony bits in it which are a bit a bit daft because as I say these things with they just got inconsistencies. You know what I mean? They would. It's like oh come on this guy's got he's like been doing it for years he's got like superpowers and he, he's he's a He's an imbecile when it comes to trying to fight people. You know, he falls into traps, and it's like, get out of here! And he does monologuing. You know that that great monologuing. Yeah, role. yeah, yeah. yeah you've got well, it now. You Whoops, see, oh dear! Look. You see, now th- th- this is the problem. This this is this falls into a category of film where I feel like you can't talk about the film without talking about the business behind how they're making these films. So it's the fact that Sony, Sony. These are all characters that show up in Spider-Man comics originally, right? Mm. And but you find all these films, all these superhero films that Sony make. They have the rights to all a lot of the Spider-Man characters, but not. But they they come up with a deal with Marvel where Spider-Man doesn't appear in these films. So you have yeah. all these all these characters that took their reason for existing from Spider-Man being there. Either they're Spider-Man adversaries or the Spider-Man allies or everything like that. And they they're trying to make films about these people without Spider-Man there, yeah, which means that yeah. these characters have no reason to exist. And but they keep trying to make these films and these films keep having logical inconsistencies. They keep having like point they keep having like tying themselves in pretzels to try and give people something to do and it just kind of and there's this spider-man shaped hole in morbius in venom in craven the hunter that just keeps showing up because these people don't have a reason to exist if there's no spider-man but they keep trying to and i don't understand how they keep making them because apart from venom i can't believe these things are making money because they make stupid films that that seem to accept they seem to just assume that everybody who likes comic book movies is a childish two-year-old that doesn't understand logic. Yeah. So, and this, this, this is probably aimed at, a, a, I should imagine, a young adult audience, you know, a teen audience. Yeah, but they have brains. Sure? They can figure stuff out. It's just that Sony doesn't think that they do. Yeah. <laughs> Sony, yeah. and I don't understand how they keep getting good people. I mean, and th- this is the thing. They must be spending a bucket load on these yeah, films yeah, sure. because they get good people to be in these films. And the only reason I can imagine that good people are in these films is because they are getting paid a lot of money. Yes. So Dakota Johnson, Sidney Sweeney, uh, mm. Taher Rahim, the only reason they would be in these films is because there's a buckload of money because I cannot imagine for one second that somebody says, hey, you want to be in a Spider-Man movie that doesn't have Spider-Man in it? And they'll go, yeah, that sounds like a great career choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, but anyway, sorry, I'm running my mouth off and I'm, I'm talking about a film. I'm talking about all the reasons why I don't want to watch this film. You actually, like, you know, you actually went and watched the film. You actually had the courage to go watch this film. How many stars would you give it? Two. 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 Yes. And yeah. I could have, I could have done that beforehand because you everything. Done, about... Yeah, you, I'm, 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 I'm a creature of habit. I'm very predictable. You could pre-fill in the the scores. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. That I should just one. say, <laughs> Tosi, you rate it, you rate it for me, and I'll just agree it. I'll, I'll, I'll agree. agree. I mean, I saw the trailer for this, and I just thought, this is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. Before you even get in the door. Before you even get in the door. Now, okay, now let's I'm go. Like, why let's. Didn't I listen to Happy Johnny. Why didn't I? <laughs> No, no, That's you did. Philosophy didn't. for life. 
you didn't listen to Happy John because every now and then, Sean, you want to get angry and you I want did, to be yeah. you want to you want to get the kind of feeling that might get you writing a wicked little letter. <laughs> so <laughs> write a wicked little letter to Sony, telling them <laughs> why, why. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Do the decent thing and let go of these characters. Let Disney pay you a whole bunch of money and they can go into the MCU. But stop yeah. making these superhero movies because yeah. you suck at them. Unless it's the Spider-Verse movies. Apart from that, you suck. So, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Let us go to um, Netflix now. <laughs> and let's see if we can find some redemption in Flemland? <laughs> what do you call Flemish? Belgium, Belgium. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been like Flamango and okay I'm going to stop doing that I'm going to have to do some research and see where the, where, the, where the title Flemish actually comes from but you saw a Flemish film called Will which when you first when you first mentioned this I thought it might have been a TV series that I actually appeared in but yeah. but no it wasn't this was a Flemish yeah. film called Will what is this about yeah there's no horrible histories actors to be seen in this one mm-hmm. um, it is basically um, uh, yeah a Flemish film Set in 1942, um, during the, the height of the, the Second World War, and uh, this part about Belgium, Belgium obviously you know, was invaded at the very beginning of the war and has been occupied since 1939. And uh, young men, when they come of age, have a choice of where they um, serve. They will get conscripted, or they will be um, given an occupation. And the, the, the will of the title is a young Flemish. Belgian. Um, obviously, the Flemish is a distinct ethnic group within Belgium. They have their own language, have their own culture. They sort of live, they live a sort of they are sort of like quite distinct to the. They speak a slightly different language. They don't speak sort of the French of um, other parts of Belgium, so they do speak Flemish. And Will, though he's a young man, and he basically has been assigned to become a police officer. And it, and he is told on his first day of duties that your job is to basically to uphold the law. And that you you can watch and you don't get involved. You can look at stuff and you can witness it, but don't get involved. So you do your job, and part of your job is just to 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 just plot along. Just, yeah, cooperate. Yeah. And obviously they are working um, under the direct command of. They have their own officers, but you you get the feeling they're under the direct command of the sort of the the, the National Socialists, the Nazi Party, who are occupying their country. Yeah. And on the first night of his job, he's um, literally been in the job for two weeks. He's out on his first solo patrol with his best friend, who happened to be, who was um, recruited at the same time. And they go out and they witness um, a, a, singular, a, a German officer who is harassing a Jewish family, basically extorting them for money, saying you know, that if you give me your cash, if you give me some of your jewelry, your, your paintings, I will turn a blind eye and that you won't get deported. Um, so, and they witness this and then they have a bit of a confrontation with this one officer and um, things sort of some some dramatic things happen and the events of this first night basically have repercussions for the next sort of year of the story uh, basically these two their eyes are suddenly awakened to uh, over the time over the how that they know that they're in an occupied country but their eyes are really opened as to what it's it entails that yeah. there is a fine line between cooperation and collaboration. And at some points, their role has been to cooperate, but not to collaborate so that they can, if there's going to be like a raid where they do a clearance of a particularly Jewish area, um, that they're there to maintain the peace, but they're not there to drive people out of their homes. 
they're not there to sort of drive them onto the cattle trucks. They're there just to sort of maintain their peace, but they don't actually participate. That's the job of the, the soldiers, the German soldiers. Yeah. And as the story goes on, uh, this young man, basically his um, home life becomes into conflict with what he's witnessing as a police officer. And he has got involved with a sort of a young family and he has begun to aware that they are part of like a resistance group. And so then he's like he's torn between his desire to help the to do his job, to help with his um, with the resistance, and also to sort of maintain um, like the equilibrium because of the events of the very first night. This is what happened with this German soldier. And so there is a kind of there's it's sort of these themes running running through this story. But yeah, I think the main theme is so the differences between cooperation and collaboration. And as as this young man, he's suddenly been confronted with this um with this real sort of real life issue about um yeah what what you do in that situation so it deals with issues of the second world war as you would imagine um the, the sort of occupying forces but what happens with flemish jews who are who are you know sort of they're the same citizens as they are and how um do you turn a blind eye when mm. when there's suddenly there's a, a penthouse suite becomes available do you then think, oh, hang on, this is a really nice apartment? Or do you think, why is that penthouse suite suddenly empty? Available, yeah. And available. And then if you sort of witness like a, a small child being abused, do you just watch that? Because, you know, you're not cooperating. You're just watching it. Or do you think, actually, this is wrong? <laughs> and there's like that moral dilemma. And then if you fall in love with someone who is part of the resistance, do you assist them? Or do you, <laughs> you know, there's, there's these, uh, these, these questions of conscience all the way through. And I think it's one of those. It's like a, almost like a spiral of, of of disasters for this young man. It starts off he's like he's quite optimistic that he could be able to do this. He could be a policeman. He could do his job. And then one sort of mistake leads to another mistake leads to another. And then there's almost like there's like this descent into chaos for him as as a as the story unfolds. So um, yes, it's an interesting story. Quite powerful. Obviously, all subtitled. The interesting cast of characters. Um, where some of them are, um, I think they've tried to steer away from the stereotypical, you know, jackbooted sort of Nazi that we become to to see in cinema. Um, yep. They've tried to introduce some sort of nuances with some of the characters. Obviously, there's some of them that are out and out Nazis. So you think um, there's a reason why Nazis sounds like nasty because they just are. Yeah. Um, but there's also those themes of um, what happened in the Second World War and countries that were occupied for the whole length of the war um, and the impact it had on ordinary people and the police force, how these were people, their police officers in Belgium and France, in occupied Channel Islands, they were still police officers. Um, they had their job to do, but they're also forced into cooperation with um, a party with... who they didn't agree with their policies. So how many stars would you give this then? I thought it's a good film. It's, it was received a lot of plaudits in in its own country. I mean, it's received awards for best actor, best film, best all sorts of things. Um, so it certainly was a well-made film. It wasn't a jolly film. Um, there's some sort of tough moments in it. I thought it was certainly an interesting film and worth a watch. So I would give it a four. I think it was, um, yes, yeah, a challenging film in places, but it's certainly one of those ones worth persevering. To add to that lexicon of films that um, look at the Second World War 
not in a slightly different way, but it sort of opens our eyes who weren't in occupied countries to say, okay, if we lived in an occupied country, we can sit back and say, well, that wouldn't have happened if it was in Britain because, you know, we wouldn't do that sort of thing. But you think, well, actually, would it? Would we have been any different with um, that to sort of surviving in in unoccupied states like that so i thought it was interesting um well i wouldn't say it was the half a minute but it was certainly an interesting film to sort of get your teeth into cool and i found out and oh, it's obvious of oh, flemish is from flanders the area is called flanders <laughs> which is where we get flemish from i'm yeah. like oh that's what it is it's not just the last name of a simpsons character it's actually a place all right and now we go back to cinema we go back to cinema and we are going to talk about the iron claw so i will give a little bit of a prezi about this so the iron claw is based i remember i saw the trailer for this and i was like oh this is interesting because it's based around a a wrestling family called the von eric family who were mainly uh, active in the 80s so like in the 80s and everything like that and i remember watching them on the tv i remember watching the von eric family there were three of them there were brothers they were tag team one of them fought barefoot and usually wore like yellow pants and I, I was like oh yeah the von erics i remember this and i remember also like when we were because obviously this was in the 80s there was no internet i was in nigeria and he started every now and then things started driven and drabbing through about oh this happened to you know that one of those brothers something bad happened to them or this other and yeah but you're kind of like take everything with a pinch of salt because you're like yeah it's the 80s people made stuff up rumors seem to get, even without the internet rumors seem to just sort of fly around the place and this film, The Iron Claw, is made about this family, and the fact that they're making a, a, a film about a, a like a dramatic movie about a wrestling family should tell you that there's something there. And I, the way I would describe this film is there's a certain trope in literature, especially nowadays. There's like the there's black female literature black female authors who write about african experience this there seems to be a trope there seems to be like a a trend for their books and my my wife keeps reading these books and telling me about this happens and that happens and that happens and i've essentially termed this as a subgenre which is bad things happen to black women <laughs> that's pretty much what it is bad things happen to a black african and when she tells me oh this happened oh and this happened to them and then that happened to them and this film is like bad things happen to bad things happen to straight white men and honestly because what happens in this family you have the father fritz von eric who is quite a domineering dad who is he always keeps talking about the fact that he himself was he was never allowed to have a world title shot in wrestling when he was a wrestler so he had he he has all boys i don't know i don't know what kind of power the man has but he never has he doesn't have a daughter just has boys (laughs) it just has boys and they all go into wrestling. They're not even given a choice. They all go into wrestling. And they're played by, the main brothers are played by Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, and Harris Dickinson. So they go into wrestling, and it's all about, pretty much about them trying to get their dad's approval by being in wrestling and trying to do all this stuff and working themselves really hard and getting really big and really buff and trying to do everything it is to sort of, as the dad says, get the belt back in this family. And the film sort of plays out as to what happens to them because there's this whole thing called the, the curse of the von erics that the film starts off talking about like with a voiceover somebody saying they always said my family was cursed i never really believed them and it's it and it follows on going as to what happens and what this curse does to the family what the wrestling thing does to the family what goes on with the whole the, the whole thing and it is it, i i I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it's not it's not it's not a barrel of laughs. No. It's not it's not fun. It's not fun. And there there's a there's times where you're going, Oh come on, no, no way, no way. Oh come on that then you finish watching the film and you go on Wikipedia and you're like, 
what the hell? <laughs> you find you find that pretty much everything they tell you in the film happened. There's a there's the, and there's a scene towards the end of the film that has that proves to me with no shadow of a doubt that I am now a father because it, it had me in bits. Even though I, when I went and looked at the history, I realized that they fudged some things in that scene to make it a neater story and to make it nicer and to make the point to drive the point home better. They fudged some things, but all in all, I think that they did a really really good and really respectful job with this film. I think it's really difficult to do a respectful job with something that's like this because it would be so easy to do a sensationalist oh look at this with this story. Sean. You you exactly hit the nail on the head. The one thing what I thought about this was they didn't I mean some people look at wrestling as a joke, don't they? Do you yes, know what I mean? Yeah. Some people say yeah. and that did not come into that at all. It was like a serious they they were they were really, really serious about it. it wasn't, it's uh, their life. It's it their life, it's, it's their, their business, life, you know? it's everything, yeah. Normally people say all oh, that was it, it wasn't portrayed as like like exactly fake. like Tosin said, it wasn't portrayed as fake what happened. The bit that I really felt was obviously there's professional wrestling, amateur wrestling, and I'm assuming Toes that the youngest brother was gonna go off to the Olympics was a amateur wrestler. And oh, no. then, and then got, yeah, but because he was going to go to the Olympics, wasn't he? And then as, as, a discus, as a discus thr- thrower. Oh, he was going, oh, right, okay, okay, I missed that yeah. point then. Yeah. So, he was, he, yeah, but he was going to go to the Olympics, and there was a big thing about, oh, their dad, essentially Sharon, in a very early scene, their dad sits them around at a, a breakfast table and goes, right, we all know Kerry's my favourite, followed by Kevin, then David, then Mike. <laughs> yeah. And he ranks his sons, and he says, there's always a chance to go up the, ladder, the league ladder. That's the kind yeah, of thing he yeah, does. Yeah. He it's, ranks his son, yeah. and he says, like, you can get more in my affections, essentially, if you do better in wrestling. Mm. Then you can, go, you can move up in my affections. Yeah. And Kerry's his favourite because his, that, he's, going to, he's about to go off to the Olympics in 1980s. But, uh, but those of you who know your history, like you do, Sharon, know that there's something happened in the 1980 19- Olympics. Was boycotted by the the USA and it's kind of like and that's just like one of these little drips of tragedy that just hit this family Mm. that lead that that you think this tiny thing it's almost kind of like what would have happened if that hadn't happened what would have happened to this family but anyway anyway, Sean I I sort of interrupted you talking about what you thought about this no that's fine that's fine it says that but it's it's like you going in now you went and you looked at the brothers well I I wasn't you know I wasn't aware of these brothers and that because I was never really but I was, it was quite interesting. I went and actually looked at the boycott of the Olympic Games of what countries boycotted and what countries. And, yeah. and well, then obviously, the, 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 obviously the, with the 84. Were boycotted, weren't they? Yeah, the 84 in Los Angeles, same, same thing, the, the Russians and some of the Eastern Bloc. But yeah, I mean, the thing is with this film, yeah, I, I agree. It was, it was like, oh, the poor people. And I thought the father, I thought the father played the part really, really well. As, Holt McLaren, as he, wanted, yeah, he, want, he wanted to live. He wanted to live what he didn't achieve. He wanted. He wanted. Yeah, he wanted to live through his sons. Yeah, yeah, through his sons. So, yeah. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was really, really well done. And um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not so sure about Zac Efron's acting. I don't know if I could quite. What is? I really liked Zac Efron in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked him. I mean, he he's uh, he's kind of like the the way the character is portrayed is kind of like he's almost. He's almost kind of like the most boring brother. Yeah, boring. Yeah, that's <laughs> he's, the he's, like, he's, he's like the most boring brother, and he's and it, it's he he's he's kind of like almost like the straight man, the linchpin. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Stuff happens around him, and he's and he, it's not until later on in the film that he actually starts. Like, you actually get a, a scene where you feel like he's actually telling you what he thinks because mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the film, he's he's hardly doing it. He's hardly he's hardly doing anything, and it's. I mean, it also has. 
one thing I wanted to say was I wanted to say about the women in the film. So it's, it's a got film Lily that James in it, hasn't it? It's got Lily James and it's got Maura Tierney in it. And it's and they they play well essentially the women. They 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 are partners of well, one of them of the father, one of them of one of the brothers. They and I feel like it could be accused of saying that they don't have much to do. And sure enough, their parts are small, but I still feel like they're really key. I feel like they that the the women in the film are key. And yeah, like for, yeah, yeah. For, for for one of them, this is my way out. This is my this is this is out of this goldfish bowl. This is my, my another pair of eyes. And I think like Maura Tierney has some scenes in this that that without her and without her doing the story doesn't land as well. So even mm. though they don't have as much time on screen, I think that it's because not every story can have can be focused on absolutely everybody. This is a story that's mainly based on male and male machismo and what that does to you and everything like that. I still thought that they were really good and I still thought that they, they had yeah. they had a space in the film. And I thought that that was, that I thought was also a very, very difficult balancing act. And I know mm. everybody every year has their films that they, that if they could have voted for, for awards, they would have voted for. And of the, I know I haven't seen that many in cinema this year, but this film, I would have been voted for awards because I think that what they achieve in this film is amazing. I think it is great. I think it's a beautiful I, film. It's a sad film, but I mean, mm. it's so respectful. How <laughs> it really accessible is. would you say it was? Would you say it was accessible for someone like me who knows nothing about wrestling? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And then I saw the trailer. I was, was like, "Nah, it's not for mm. me." I know. I remember you saying that, Sharon, that you wouldn't. You know, you said, yeah, "No, I'm, I'm probably like, not no, going to give that doesn't... one." But it is. It's this is surprising. And it's not what I thought it was going to be either. Yeah. It's not yeah. what I thought it was going to be. It really yeah. wasn't. You know, I thought I was going to be a sensationalist. From yeah. the trailer. But yeah. it's not at all. There's sports films, aren't there? And there's like sports films and then yeah. there's sports films. Sports films. Where yeah. the sport the, is like a device to tell I, a story. I, re- and yeah, I, re- I think if it's a device, it's yeah. fine, isn't it? Because it's, it's a way in. That's but if it, it is yeah. the whole story, then it's like, I'm not interested in wrestling. I, I quite like the I family scenes when they played football as well. I quite like those. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think this film is a sports film. It's not a sports <laughs> me, film. No, I wouldn't I say it's a sports I, film. I, w- I would not say it's a sports film. I mean, I think it's a very, I think it's really accessible. And like what Sean says, like the scenes where, the scenes that hit the home, home the hardest sometimes are just the, the family scenes. Where they're family like, scenes, the, yeah. there's the scene that I was talking about that sort of like made me go, okay, yeah, I'm definitely a dad towards the end of the film. Mm-hmm. It's a family scene. And it's like, and those are the ones that hit home the hit home the hardest. You might need to take a box of tissues with you, though. <laughs> Honestly, you might need to take a box of tissues. I, I, I feel like I I knew that bad things happened, and I went in expecting them, but I still felt like it was it wasn't totally like just mm-hmm. this melancholic, depressing thing. But there is, yeah, you might want to take a box of tissues with you. But I really, really enjoyed it. I would give it a four out of five. Okay. Now, yeah, for me, wow. I, I, this was a real surprise for me. Real surprise. I was, I would, I thought it was really, really good. Nothing what I expected. Totally different. Mm. And I think I agree with a lot of things that Tozen said. But what I liked about it is the wrestling was portrayed as. It wasn't. Do you know what I mean? We watch the WWF and it's like all the the talking and all that, and it's just like, yeah, come on, that's not going to happen. It wasn't portrayed like that at all. It was portrayed right. This is a serious thing. Yes. You know, it's not. It's not sensational. It's not. Yes. We're going to get. You know, we're still going to get hurt and stuff. And yeah. And I really liked that in that movie. So I'm going to go with toes on this. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think four four out of five. I mean, the truth is, 
it might get a five. I've, uh, this is the kind of film that I feel like Holly might give a five. Ooh, yeah, yeah. But, but I feel like I feel like there's the films I give a five are films that I come out of the cinema going. Wow, yeah, that, that has I to just, be. I just, I, I, I wouldn't yeah. change anything. I wouldn't yeah, change yeah, anything. Yeah. That's it. And, yeah, and I agree. With, yeah, that's, and with that's, this, that's the five thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's like you can't really dish out fives. I think from our criteria, it has to be. Yeah, like sort of for super me, super exceptional. I, mean, I remember two films that I've seen that I've thought nothing. I wouldn't change anything. This films mm. are absolutely perfect. Inside Out and Little Miss Sunshine. Sure, I remember right. watching them and straight away Little going, yeah. going yes, mm-hmm. oh my, oh my, and just having this that feeling of yes. This is what film was made for. This is not quite there, so it's going to be a four out of five. Especially when I went and looked at the and researched so, some of the fudges that they did, because to make it fit into a film format, which yeah, yeah I guess it's okay. But anyway, now for a final thing, we're going to go back to streaming services, and we are going to talk about the Pacific. So, Sean, tell us about the Pacific. Okay, the Pacific. Now, this this came out, um, and what twenty probably twenty ten, I think, after Band of Brothers. It was so, after Band of Brothers, yeah. It was after Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers was like so successful and so good and probably the best TV series about the Second World War possibly ever. I think probably better than any film I've seen. That was actually... So this is the Pacific. And when it first came out, I thought, oh, this was good. And I did watch... So back in the day, I did watch a couple of episodes. I think probably was what looked at the first two. Now, as the episodes go on, it starts off in Guadalcanal and one of the... One of the uh, uh, soldiers wins the Congressional Medal of Honor and then he stops becoming a, a you know, he, he starts to sell war bonds and he becomes popular in the States and all that sort of stuff. A bit like um, that flags from me regime. Pardon? Captain America does that. Yeah, Captain, yeah. Basi- basically, yes, that's, that, that's what I thought of. And then, so, the Guadalcanal campaign finishes and they go to Australia and then there's a few romances and uh, things, different things going on and all that. And I think at that time I thought, like, well, I want to see action, you know what I mean? I want to see what well, the Pacific. So, but then after, I would say from the fourth episode onwards, it just becomes really, really good. It just becomes really spot on. They go about, their, um, you know, the, the the small, all the small island hoppings they did, how terrible it was. And you, you've got obviously the, I think it's based on a couple of people. It's funny enough, Remy Malik, you play somebody called Snafu. Um, and then it gets good because you get like a, a, a group of combat vets, you know, and things happen and all that. And it's, it's quite graphic and it's quite bloody and it's quite violent. And then later on you get Okinawa, which is, that was the place where not quite the Japanese homeland because he was and like civilians. So got really, really gritty. Um, the, the, one of the episodes was where obviously P, PSTD, uh, um, or West PTSD. You know, the, the post, the, the, the PTSD, thank you very much. <laughs> and and goes in hospital and there's there's that bit and then he decides to go back and you, you've also got the theme of the chap who won the Congressional Medal of Honor just wants to go back, just wants to go back. He feels guilty, he feels guilty. And he does actually go back. Um, but you probably need to watch the thing to see what happens to him. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's it was... Yeah, it was so, great. So, I really, really enjoyed it. I, sure, yeah, sure. Cool. can I just check something? You mentioned Rami Malek. And if I'm correct, yeah. Rami Malek is one of those c- actors that you don't always gel with. 
I don't know exactly, exactly, yeah. And but but I'm guessing that you started a point that you didn't finish. I'm guessing you're saying that, you, but you said funnily enough, Rami Malek, and I'm guessing yeah. you were saying funnily enough, Rami Malek is actually good, really good in this, yeah, really really good because he starts off as he's he must he's, be quite young in this then because he it's... is really young, yeah, he's super young, but he's like a, a, I mean they sort of meet up. He's like, he's should we say he starts off not a nice character and he like he like takes the teeth out of the any gold teeth and that and he's quite and. And there's a scene in it, probably right now, when this sort of idealist that's joined the Marines is gradually getting more and more and more and just, like, accepting the fact that this this is what happened. And he starts and he goes, and old Remy goes, or Snap, he says, don't do it, don't do it, you know, don't do it, don't whatever you do, don't do it, don't do it otherwise. But he's a really, he, he's sort of deep down, although he's, he's, shall we say, a little bit obnoxious, he's also deep down quite a good character. And in the end... He ends up bonding with the group and all that, and then the final episode when the war's finished and all that, it just sees them on a train going away and and his mates falling asleep and that, and he just yeah, sort of gets up and go. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it was I was really really surprised. So it's really worth staying with this, you know. As I say, it doesn't particularly. Yeah, you've got you've got the Guadalcanal campaign, and then it's a bit. It, it doesn't it doesn't come out of the blocks firing. It doesn't come out of the blocks firing, but once it does. From episode four onwards, it's, 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 it's absolutely brilliant. It's really, really okay. good. And I would put that quite high up with, with Band of Brothers. All right, so the, mm. so the Band of Brothers so Band of Brothers and the Pacific were both made by... They were like a joint venture Tom between Hanks, Tom Hanks yeah. and Steven Spielberg. Spielberg, yeah. And, Sean, you know they're making a third one. Tell me, tell me. What is it? What is it? It's, it's, it's good. Masters of the Year. Oh, I have Mas- heard that. Yes, Masters of the Year. And it's on like, Apple. It's going to be on Apple TV, which I know that you have access to. Yes, yes, I do, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, they're uh, doing an episode a week, so it's like, if you want to watch the whole thing, you probably yeah. have to wait till the middle of March, I, well, I, when all of it will mm. be ready. But if you want I to pro- watch it an episode a week, then it's out. The first yeah. ones are out now. I probably will. I probably will wait until it finishes, because I think that's the whole thing, because I remember like with, with Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and all those. Yeah. Game of Thrones, I did used to... I did you to try and watch because that was oh yeah really... because because everybody would talk about it and ruin it for you yeah that's it exactly <laughs> you've, so got to, you've got to watch it weekly yeah so yeah so I shall I shall I shall watch Masters of the Air then that'll be that'll be okay. quick but before we do that how many stars for the Pacific four stars four, four stars. stars for the Pacific yeah, big, big four stars as I say I, I, if the other it, it took a while to get going slow burn but once it got going I really thought it was was well acted and you know the scenes were well, they're pretty it's pretty nasty scenes in it but yeah. um you know I, I from what i've seen of the actual footage of the pacific war very very realistic good stuff so four stars for the pacific and all that is left to ask on the show is who do you think has won this week <laughs> let's see if you can put on your get your amazing powers <laughs> of deduction <laughs> I, i'm gonna say that i think Probably Netflix and Friends has has maybe pipped it a little bit. I think streaming has taken it this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Sean. It's not even close. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. I think cinemas okay. had like two, 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 two. Yeah, c- c- yeah. Cinemas of the three films we had on the cinemas, two of them were two. Right. So, <laughs> so two of them. So we have two twos on the four. So yeah, Netflix has had fours. Netflix and Friends fours across the board. Cinema this week has given us two point seven. It's a yeah. Let's round it up two point seven. So yeah, it seems after a couple of weeks of cinema going, yeah, big guns, oh, big cin- guns, yeah, yeah, big guns, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. We're not getting to because I think the BAFTAs have happened now, 
And yeah, yeah it's just the BAFTAs, the just to go, isn't it? Yeah, battles will happen. Just ask us to go. Awards season is dwindling down, and you can see that people are beginning to say, "Okay, cool, we're not an awards movie, but here, how about this? Yeah, little oh, film. Try this. <laughs> yeah, try this. Little film that could. Little film that could." <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll do that. But I think I guess we'll talk about awards and stuff after the Oscars because those yeah. are the big ones. I know the Baftas they had things like Oppenheimer did well, and Poor Things, Emma Stone won, and all that kind of stuff. But Zone of Interest did quite well as well. Zone of Interest. Awards, but Zone of Interest picked up three or four. Yeah, we like ah, that. Oh, like no. Zone okay. of Interest. All right, cool. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, but, would, I, you watch, would you watch that again, Sharon? No. You wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that sort of film. Uh, well, I don't... Well, that was maybe a bit too hasty. I, it's like Cinder's List in some ways. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I know. Yeah. I would, I've never watched Cinder's List again after watching it the first time. No. I think some of them, they have enough impact that you remember it yeah. quite... Good point. Well, and I think I'd probably remember the key bits, and I'd probably just as baffled by the baffling bits if right. I watched it again. The, the, but no, I don't know that I would. Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing with me. I, I I'm like with um with Twelve Years a Slave. Never yeah, watching that, watch that again. Mm. <laughs> Never watching that again. It's like I've watched it once. Brilliant film. Got it. Made all the points. No, I'm watching it again. So right, okay. I think until next week when we shall see some. Oh, actually, wait. June. I'll tell you what. Do you? Oh yeah, Dune's out already. Good. Dune's out Friday. God. Friday. Good. God, things are things are just. This is what I'm thinking. This is why I said we had to talk about everything this week because we're not going to have time. I mean, next week we know we will talk about Bob Marley, One Love, and we have a full list of things to talk about on Netflix. We still haven't spoken about Rustin. We haven't spoken about Band the Sadist videos. We haven't talked about. We haven't spoken about Killers of the Flower Moon. In all the time we've been doing this podcast, none of us have seen Killers of the Flower Moon. So that's probably going to be for next week. In the meantime, if you want to tell us about how can you call yourself a film podcast and not watch Killers of the Flower Moon, get in, t- <laughs> get in touch with us on Twitter at Netflix. Via cinema on Facebook and Netflix via cinema on YouTube and Netflix via cinema. You might notice a pattern. Tell us what you think. It will be great to hear from you. And until next week, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Bye.